Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who is abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? Not much. Loving life. Yeah. Enjoying summer as it starts to end. It's great. It is. I think it's, what is it like? All right. It's 30 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's cold. Was it like negative one in Celsius for you? For you people, below negative zero. negative one feels like negative three. Yes, it's below zero. So there you go. It's cold uh, in New York. It's a it's brisk, yeah. brisk weekend. But it's you uh, like the you cold know. though. You're one of those people that like, I love it when it's cold. Yeah, it's I don't have a problem with the cold. Yeah, so I can wear yeah, exactly. I like the jacket. I like uh, I like hot showers. I like uh, wearing the robe. It's pretty pretty good wearing the robe right now. Imagine it. Imagine it. Are you imagining it? The robe? No. Well, I've seen you, you in a robe enough times of my life, more times than I uh, <laughs> than I cared to originally. So, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Few people have that privilege. You're you're one of the few. <laughs> Me and what? Uh, probably a hundred K- Korean men. <laughs> uh, they didn't see me in a robe. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> And I didn't see them in robes either. That was an experience. <laughs> there you go. It's it's on a previous podcast. If you find it, that story is out there. Yeah, yeah. Not this one though. That would be uh, our last no, one, previous incarnation. Yeah, yeah. Previous incarnation be- of this show. Jason was yeah. naked with a bunch of Korean men. Yep. And John John refused. He refused to partake. I was good. I was good. I was there for the ambiance, not for the Korean men. So. The uh, the Japanese hot springs. Jozanke. That was almost like exactly two, what, two years ago? No. Was yeah. it? I don't, time is, is a blur. <laughs> so yeah, two years ago, 2019. 2019. Yeah. 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 So that happened. Um, a lot of Korean tourists, and uh, that's a no clothing spot. So, yep. A lot of, lot of Korean penis. Just saying. A lot of it. Um, yeah, but glad, glad to hear things are going well. It's going well over here. I'm having like I, I might be a little low energy because I you ever get like really tired at about seven o'clock at night? That's me every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you also wake up at like five in the morning. You yeah, were messaging exactly. me today real early. Yeah, I wake up early and then right around 738. I make a choice of either to power through and get another two hours. or go to sleep. Yeah, for me, it's weird because I, I go to sleep at like. 11 midnight usually closer to midnight so at that point i'm like uh what do i do because i'm basically screwed if i go to sleep so but i i couldn't fight it i was i was napping a little bit so i'm like i'm, I'm coming out of uh of that tired coming out of it but we'll be okay we'll get through yeah sure everything everything will be fine sure if you say so Every, everything will be just fine everything's okay i'm feeling okay Things are good. I've been watching, uh, you know, it's it's President's Day weekend. You know, it's also Valentine's Day on Sunday. Do you have it any is. big plans for Valentine's Day? No, nothing big. Not a big celebrator of Valentine's Day. Yeah. Alice is cool with that? Yeah, as far as I know. She hasn't told me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Not even like, hey, here's some, here's some cruelty-free chocolate. 
Oh, you always get something, something, but it doesn't have to be some big. I'm not a not a big romantic. I don't need no to walk no rose petals. Yeah, there's no giant teddy bear walking through this door. So <laughs> just not that's, rom- that's romance right there. Is a giant yeah. teddy bear. <laughs> yeah, I'm not one of those guys that shows up with a giant teddy bear, a box of chocolates, and a couple of balloons. No, yeah, it ain't me. All that sounds really low effort. I was thinking like you know you're not. Uh, anything involving rose petals just seems like an enormous waste of time. It's because you have to like, clean, yeah, clean that, it up. You gotta yeah, you got to clean that up. Yeah. Look that stuff up. Like, damn. Yeah. What a mess. Yeah. No plans for you. No, no no, speed dating plans. Or what do single people do on Valentine's Day other than continue their life? <laughs> yeah, you continue your life. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, Whatever's left of it in these, these trying times. Yeah, it's been yeah. rough. It's been rough out there for single people. It's been rough. Some people, some people have the have the means to uh, not do that. Also, the the dating websites are always showing like video chats and all these other things. I was like, mm. that's a little weird. Yeah, something like going a Zoom date. Yep. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Just makes my skin. Grow yeah, they. I. They, you'll see these videos, and they they on the commercials is like two people on a video call, like cheersing wine glasses over i'm like and they're like two absolutely beautiful people aren't they like flawless absolutely yep yeah they never show two uggos dating (laughs) on these websites no no fatties no no fatties or uggos no no that's not the case it's always like yeah we're you know look at this candlelight dinner for one that i've set up and then you set it up on your side too it's like all right yeah, weird world, weird world. Um, but yeah, I guess um, three day weekend, sort of get to kick it off with a dentist appointment tomorrow. That's exciting. On a Saturday. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yeah, that's what they had. I guess I made that six months ago. Who knew? Who knew I even <laughs> made that appointment? Just kind of creeped up on me. I was yeah, like, "All oh, right, that's a that's a thing I have you. I have to do." Oh. And yeah. Actually, no, I don't. I don't think I even got the reminder, so I might, I might not have it tomorrow. Usually, they message me and they're like, "Hey, by the way, if you if you don't cancel this, if you don't show up, you owe us forty bucks." I was like, "Oh, I didn't even get that text." So I might, I might have a nice surprise and find out that I don't have the dentist appointment tomorrow, which would really be great for everybody involved, don't you think? <laughs> for the dentist, for you, everyone wins. Everybody wins. They don't have to see me. I don't have to see them. I I think it's a good. It's That's a good the worst plan. trip of all the medical trips. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm not a. I I never go to the gynecologist. I know terrible hygiene, but I don't go. Yeah. Okay, so I can't talk about that experience. But I would imagine that's somewhat unpleasant. Right. I, we got the we got the wrong crowd here. <laughs> Don't know. I have no idea. I mean, the premise the premise of it just seems like it would be un, unpleasant. It seems like a necessary evil, often like dentist. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. Just you know, same thing, different hole. <laughs> wow, this podcast has gone blue. <laughs> Breakfast update. <laughs> I made um did I I mentioned I made the the matcha banana bread? Um sure. I'm <laughs> like it sounds like something you'd make so I believe it. Yeah, well I made that uh I made a matcha banana I I made french toast with that matcha banana bread. 
Oh, then, but here's the fun part. I mixed a little bit of matcha with powdered sugar, you know, mixed that all up and then dusted it with a little matcha sugar on top. Oof. Take a picture of this. I did. You want to see it? I mean, no, but you're going to send it to me anyway, so go for it. I don't have to with that attitude. Jesus, goddamn. You can treat my matcha banana bread like that. I'm sure it looks like all the other it. pictures you've taken. It's something that's green. Delicious. <laughs> It's got yeah, syrup it's, on it. It's green and, and, and it's there's got some light green dusting yeah. on it. Yeah, exactly. That looks exactly like got, I thought it would. So it's got my tiki glass in the back. Looks, yeah, it looks good. Very creepy with a gold tooth in there. Yeah, from the Polynesian Great Tiki Bar, which you can't go to because of COVID. No. <laughs> organic maple syrup, dark color. Is there a light color organic maple syrup? Yeah, there's different colors in maple syrup. Um, I think the darker the color, the more intense the the maple flavor. Yeah. So you want to you want to go dark. It's a general rule of thumb. Unless you don't want that intense flavor. Unless you want to be, uh, you know, <laughs> then you go light. You do what you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think anybody's going to be mad at you one way or the other. But the recommendation is usually go dark. Uh yeah. And this weekend, I have no no uh, no breakfast plans. the The world is my oyster. I did make the joke that I was going to binge watch the uh, for President's weekend. I was going to binge watch the impeachment hearings, but Ugh, that, that sounds, sounds like Why a, would you do that. I know it sounds like a terrible idea. Plus, I already listened to most of it, and um, it's not the most riveting. I mean, it's kind of riveting. It's just Democrats, but being it's also outraged. really upsetting. And then Republicans being like, it wasn't that bad. Get over it. Like, that's what we're doing. And they're not going to convict him. And oh, it's worse story. than that. They started off with a vote that said, can we do this? And the Republicans for the jump were like, no, said no. Six out of 50 said no. Yeah. I mean, six out of 50 said yes. Yeah. And the other one oh. said no. Although the one guy who switched from <laughs> no to yes was hilarious. He says, well, one side made a good argument and the other side didn't. So I, I, it's like, no, he, I think he said performance. He's like, one side gave a good performance and the others didn't. So as an impartial juror, I have to go with that. And it's like, dude, that's not how court cases work. <laughs> it's not about the performance, <laughs> but whatever, man, if, that, if that's your explanation for choosing, for choosing uh, a side that makes sense and one that doesn't cool. But basically what they're saying is like 44 people say that as a president, you could commit a crime in January. It's pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's that's yeah. literally what they voted for. In, in January, you commit a crime. So all they need to say, so those 44 people who vote can be like, uh, you know, I wasn't making judgment on whether he did it or not. I was just saying that at this point, you can't you can't make a decision. So I'm just saying we shouldn't even be here. That's all. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about let's let's talk about some real news, shall we? Sure. Let's get into it. All right. So we got uh let's see. Steak and chicken. <laughs> All food items. Let's start with steak and then go to chicken. Reading from the hill. They get this this section of the hill, which I don't think I've ever been in before. Changing America. Shared destiny, shared responsibility. Keep in mind, I'm still on the hill, I suppose. But anyway, the world's first 3D printed lab grown ribeye steak is unveiled. It's my type of story. Oh, yeah. You, got, incorpor- you, got, a, you got an article. You got a picture I can see. Uh, no. This, it just auto plays a video. And I stopped it immediately. 
So I don't, I don't think it's going to actually, I mean, I'll send you the article and you can tell me if uh, maybe something will show up. It's just, it looked like it was just a, um, like the thumbnail on the page just looked like a generic picture of a, of a steak of a ribeye steak. Like it wasn't actually the steak that they grew, you know? Yeah, sure. So, all right, read it on here. Israeli company, Alf farms, yeah, I don't think they're going to, oh, I guess, yeah, okay, they do have a picture. It's from the Alf Farms Twitter. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Okay, there you go. So Israeli company Alf Farms has teamed up with the faculty, uh, the faculty of biomedical engineering at the Technion Israel Institute of Technology to cultivate a lab-grown ribeye using 3D bioprinting. The meat-making process prints live cells that are incubated to grow, differentiate, and interact in order to produce texture and qualities of real steak. The announcement comes during a time of heightened awareness about the meat industry's effects on the environment and growing demand for meat alternatives. So going into the article here. The world's first slaughter-free ribeye steak has been produced using 3D bioprinting and real cells from a cow. Israeli Alf Farms has teamed up with faculty uh, biometric engineering. I said all that stuff in the summary. Alf Farms has grown do, 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 using live animal tissue. Yeah, I said that again. I, yeah, they, this story might as well just be the summary. Like, why even have the rest of the article? Man, you're having a rough day today. <laughs> on the sure reading am. I, usually, I don't, usually I don't read those summaries. All right. Uh, the, the process is similar to vas- here we go. vascularization. Vascularization. All right, that's not too bad. That occurs naturally in tissues. It allows the passage of nutrients across the thicker textures, across the thicker tissue, resulting in a steak with a similar structure of a traditional cut of meat before and during cooking, according to Alf. Aleph Farms. It's not even Alf Farms. Aleph Farms. <laughs> We're going to get through this quote. (laughs) It incorporates muscle and fat similar to its slaughtered counterpart and boasts the same or organoloptic as I hate that word (laughs) attributes of a delicious, tender, juicy ribeye steak you'd buy from the butcher and quote Ala farm said in a statement. Aleph Farms said it's now able to grow any type of steak and plans to expand its portfolio of lab-grown meat products. The lab-grown meat could be a leap forward for the meat alternatives once it receives regulatory approval. In 2018, Aleph Farms unveiled the world's first cultivated thin-cut steak, which did not utilize 3D bioprinting. The announcement comes during a time of... Okay, I said that already. That was also in the summary. In December, San Francisco startup Eat Eat Just received the world's first regulatory approval to sell its lab-grown chicken meat. The company's cultured chicken product was approved for sale in Singapore as an ingredient in chicken bites. I'm on board for this. So I've got a couple of questions here. Okay. So this is from the cells of a cow, right? How did they get these cells? Was this like getting a small little drop of blood from a cow? Like what cells did these come from? Doesn't did say. It come from that portion of the steak, like, do they go where the ribeye is and like, like scrape a little bit of muscle? Yeah, it's probably something like that. And then replicate it. The other thing is, if you can do this with cow, could you do this with human? Oh, um, why you want a, you want a human steak? I mean, if it doesn't harm anybody, would you not be interested in what it possibly could look like? <laughs> like, do you know that human tastes bad? No. 
you don't from, know. I, and that, I, I, and you that don't, you don't be, know. <laughs> that's got to be one of the most terrifying things ever think of, right? It has to be. Like, you don't Is know that terrifying? dog doesn't it's... taste. You don't know that dog doesn't taste good or cat doesn't taste good. You have no idea. Or, or, or horse like that. Because I, right? I was told it, it tastes good. Right? So there's a very good chance that human is delicious, right? Yep. And it's like the best kept secret in culinary time of like, yeah, you know what you know, they, you know what the best meat is? It's like, it's like, do you know what the most dangerous game is? It's hunting man, right? <laughs> it's the most dangerous game. But here's the question, right? Because you have this steak that they're growing, right? And they say from a butcher. But there's different kind of steaks because the difference between like a grass-fed steak and a marbled corn-fed steak, right? It's... It's different. So what kind of steak are they growing here? What kind of cow are they getting these are they getting these cells from to start? Because, you know, thinking about the diet, like if you're going to give me a human steak and you're going to graft that from from somebody, it can't be from like if then again, you know, a Midwest American human steak is probably pretty tasty. I was going to say, I was like <laughs> that's probably be terrible delicious. for you. That's got to be the worst, <laughs> the lowest of the low grade meat. Just thinking about like all the soda that's going in. Like we don't eat anything that drinks soda. Think about that. Are you sure about that? Do we not eat anything that drinks that you don't feed like a sugar concoction to? <laughs> no. Like you can cook, like you can cook a turkey in or cook a ham rather in soda. Yeah, but the ham wasn't. F- but the the ham the the pig wasn't fed soda. I mean, we feed you know cows, what I mean? We feed cows beer, right? Do we? Yeah, we feed cows beer. Who's we? I believe that Wagyu cows get fed some type of barley Wild drink. What cows? Wagyu. Oh, Wagyu. Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, that's what I said. Shut up. <laughs> you say, oh, I oh, you- oh, oh, Wagyu. So you didn't pronounce it right. I'm pretty sure we give them beer, right? Can I be? Can, let me just say, I thought I heard you say wild goo cows, no. and I don't know what that is. <laughs> Yeah, do got it. Wagyu I wasn't cattle drink that, beer. Everything you need to know. So okay. let someone who can actually read read this. <laughs> yeah, go for it, please. Talking about break. Japanese wagyu, there are a lot of rumors about it, from good to bad ones. One of the most popular ru- rumor is about wagyu cattle are drinking beer to stimulate their appetite. That might be one of the reasons that Muslims are very concerned about enjoying Japanese wagyu. This is from fooddiversity.today, So who knows what, what this article is actually about? So it's not to resolve halal. your concern. We interviewed Mr. Lee, a butcher specialist from 120-year-old Kobe beef shop, Kobe Motomachi Tatsuya. You said all that stuff, but you can't say Wagyu correctly? I said it correctly. If you say so. Just my accent. That distributes halal all over Japan. (laughs) Mr. Lee said most Wagyu farmers are doing the basic things of creating a living environment for their cows rather than letting them drink beer to relax. They're focusing on making cows live a stress-free life as possible by understanding the personality of each cow and its compatibility with other cows before putting them in the barn and by keeping the rearing environment clean and well-maintained. Because cows don't eat a lot of food if they don't spend their time in a stress-free environment as much as possible. It sounds like humans, right? It's like you'd want to eat happy people. There's spa, yeah. Right? Like you want to eat yoga instructors. (laughs) Right? So, yeah, so I guess they don't give cows beer. So that's a rumor. Um, so, yeah, there's something, there's a rumor about, so, yeah, they don't drink, anyways. So it's like that the, sums yeah, that up. Masa- <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I, like, and I again, just, this is Huffington Post says, like, they drink beer. So you're wrong, Huffington Post, fake news. Right. But there's there's nothing, yeah, that we don't eat anything that is as unhealthy as 
a Midwestern American? Uh, like, can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, pigs can eat no. a lot of crap. Yeah, I guess that's true. They can, they're also, right? They're like also they not kosher, so you're not supposed to eat them. Yeah. So, but that, again, I I just wonder, right? Would you be interested in eating genetically grown meat that was from the cells of a human being? Would you be in, Would you be interested in eating your own meat? I don't like that sentence. That's a sentence I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> so, if they scraped off cells from you, would you not eat your own genetically grown meat? Would you not be interested in how you taste? <laughs> Right? I mean, it's not going to harm you, right? That's the case uh, yeah, here. And they I, just need um, your cells. So they just need you to spit into a tube. To spit into a tube, and then you can have a Jason steak. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. That. They get you a box of Jason steaks. Would you not? It's like going to 23andMe, only you get steaks at the end. <laughs> that would be a hell of a bis- <laughs> <laughs> Would you not be interested in trying that? Uh, if you're telling me it's safe, I'd try it out of curiosity and the story, but I don't know. I have very low expectations on how that would actually taste. There's, There's got to be a market for this, right? Yeah, it's got to be for like the most there, – there's definitely a market for like a, a narcissist to go in there, right? Like Trump, you can imagine me like, I only eat myself. <laughs> I only beat burgers made out of me. I only, I, only eat, I only eat Trump steaks, be it from me. Or Ivanka, or that's it. Those are the only steaks I eat. Yeah, someone should just start a, com- a company called Me and then At. Okay. Me. Me, me At. <laughs> me. Cap- capital M E. I'd be me. interested in trying a burger myself. If a, someone said, Look, John, here's You want a John burger? I'm interested in how I taste. Okay, so you'd have that as long as you know that it was like, uh, you know, all, all in the up and up. I oh mean, my god! Could I you mean, imagine the first mix-up where it's like, "Oh my god, we sent you the wrong steak." You're now. Oh eating. my god, you're eating Jennifer you're eating, from yeah. Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, no. We're so sorry. And it's like, oh, this is so dry. God, Ugh. could you imagine the imagine the podcast ads like Valentine's Day? Get your get your somebody special the unique gift yeah. of your own. Give them a little taste steak. of you <laughs> yeah. instead of chocolate or a fancy dinner. Get the one you love the most, a little taste of you. Me at. (laughs) So, yeah, if we're able to make meat from cells, you could eat almost anything. I'd be interested in trying a kiwi. Like the bird. Oh, yeah. Right? Like like things that are almost extinct, right? Like I'd be interested in trying different animals. Like we've got to have some cells back there, right? We got to have a pretty good way to. yeah, and it's also as a as a conservation effort, right? right. Like if um, you figure you could do that, can you do it with fish as well? Like you could basically I, I, I would assume, right their cells. So can I not do it Why with not? a panda? Like I want a panda. I want a panda <laughs> chop. <laughs> yeah, but you just don't like pandas. You just yeah. So let me get a panda chop so I can see whether or not it's worth getting the real thing, right? And then you could and then you could pretend like it was the real thing. Be like, God, these things are stupid, and they taste like shit. <laughs> they taste awful. You are just another level of useless to me. <laughs> so I can imagine you saying eating a eating like a panda fillet, or like I at bet, the end I, of your yeah. pet's life, like you just want to have one last taste. Would you? Okay, now here's the other question: Would you feed? your dog uh a dog steak 
his own his own dog steak. Yeah, I don't know. You can't consent to that. I would guess that would also be like some chef who's like, you know, I only get the best meat, me. Like, you'd probably have to consent to eating someone else's cells, right? That's what I'm saying, because of the consent thing. You know, you, your dog can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say that the dog, I'd get the I'd get the, the cells from another animal. But, you know, if it turned out to not be harmful, sure, I don't see why not, right? If we're heading down this road... I said, let people, you know, people out there like the cannibal story, right? Let let him eat what he wants to eat, and instead get him get, get him a box of miat. Delicious. Now, what, no, now there are problems with cannibalism, right? I mean, besides the moral part of it, right? Isn't there like uh, there's like a um, you're saying that there's health disadvantages to cannibalism? Yeah, there's like health problems if you're eating people, right? I don't know because I feel like it's so taboo from. What do you think? That's just because the moral they don't, they part don't, of it. They don't cook it right. They're not cooking it at the right temperature. I mean, because again, you got to cook it fast, right? Like when you're a cannibal, you don't have time to like really marinate. You know. Yeah, the the timer from the cops coming is is probably. You're, you're on a you're on a limited window of time. Yeah, it just says that it can make you sick. So, like specifically, I'm reading this from Vox.com. Well, if you're an incognito S- window, specifically. Eating the brain of another human being can cause kuru, K-U-R-U, a brain disease yeah, that's similar that. to mad cow disease. But that's eating the brain of another human being. We're just eating the cells, baby. We're not eating the brain. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, like if you're going to eat, like if you, if you want to get like a good, uh, what, 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 what part of a human is going to be good, do you think? You want like Because there's legs. a lot of animals that eat like other like eat themselves, right? Like most animals are wired against, like I'm reading this, it says most are hardwired against cannibalism, but not always. So cannibalism is rare in the can- in the animal kingdom, except when it isn't. Um, the cane toad. Oh, okay, here you go. Um, someone, Natalie Angier, Angier, A-N-G-I-E-R. Angier. Uh, uh... Other tales of ca- animal cannibals, right? So there's this crazy-looking monkey with this mustache. It looks like Wilford Brimley that apparently eats other monkeys that look like Wilford Brimley. <laughs> oh, God. There you go. There's that article. Set. So look, let's, Sav- let's read through Savage this real monkeys. quick. So when Richard signed, blah, 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 let's see. Cane toads, right? So cane toads eat themselves. Whoa. Um, this this monkey, monkey's beard is right? it's, it's amazing. very, very impressive. Yes. So I'm trying to figure out which one of these, what this monkey is that eats himself, eats these other monkeys. Um, it's hard to find. Let's see if we can search monkey. So yeah, look, tamarind it's, it's monkeys. Rare. Oh, the tamarind. They don't eat their offspring except when they do. Yeah, tamarind monkeys are normally famed for their ex- extravagant devotion to their offspring. But in a recent issue of their of the journal Primates, Lawrence Kulot, now of Sao Sao Paulo. Paulo State University in Brazil and her colleagues described witnessing a rare case of maternal cannibalism among wild mustache tamarinds in Peru. A mother tamarind holding her infant son was foraging for fruit with her adult daughter. One moment, the charming tableau looked fine. Baby monkey clinging adorably to mother's fur. The next, the researchers watched as the mother bit through the baby's skull and ate out its brain. And one... (laughs) And once the mother had polished off the entire head, oh. her adult daughter partook in some shoulder. Oh wow! <laughs> Damn, that was a oh. hell of a that was a hell of a read. 
And that's Holy why shit. these little guys could use a tamarind steak just from some <laughs> cells, right? Like, just give yeah. mama a piece of that, a piece of that tamarind skull that's God grown in a lab. And we're damn, good. God damn! Oh, Jesus! Quote, wow, I was really, really surprised. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, you it don't was say. A t- it was a totally unexpected thing to see some to see among wild tamarins and quote Dr. Kulat said quote I couldn't help thinking oh my god I forgot my camera and quote <laughs> wow Oh my god wait 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 I got to finish this the the researchers proposed that in a way the grizzly act was an expression of maternal love the adult daughter turned out to be pregnant at the time Tamarin infants are so demanding that rearing them is a group affair. And if the mother infant survived, the daughters wouldn't have a chance. Through a shared act of cannibalism, mother and daughter made their pact. I don't know if that made things better or worse. Wow. You know what? That was one of our free New York Times articles in this cycle, right? You get four free. That was one of them. That was worth it. Oh, my (laughs) God. That was... uh... That was rough. That was that was a rough. Wow! Did not uh, did not see that coming. Well, there you go. Find uh, get a, get a tamarind burger instead. Yikes! Oh boy, bit the skull. <laughs> let's, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> I don't know. Would you? Uh, so ribeye steak. You're you're, uh, you're meatless. But yeah, that's still this thing. To me. That's this, still weird. this thing hits the marks. You're, you're just not trust about it. it. I don't trust it. So you'd only be interested in the weird, exotic curiosity thing because at this point, a ribeye steak. Yes. You know what that is? Yes, exactly. Give me something I haven't had before. Okay. Give me a kiwi. Give me a bald eagle. I'm just gonna say dolphin. though, as much I love meat. If you if you give me a way to eat meat and nothing is killed in the process, I'm all about it. I'll do it. Yeah, because someone would have offered you horse in Japan, you would have eaten it. And the horse is already dead. And people eat horses. Like that's an us thing. That's a yeah. that's a white people. Oh, look at the beautiful little horse on the look at that's you, that's you guys. People in Germany ate horses. And they're like, horses are delicious. Look at this big old animal with his big old legs and his big old butt. Give me a piece of that horse butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you guys do with it? Trot around Central Park shitting up the place? That's what yeah, you exactly. do with it? You no, think no, that's no. better? Give me a bite. <laughs> Let me bite. <laughs> that's what it was. Damn. Yeah. Damn. All right, let's move on. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. There you go. See, one one and one. And then this was a collaborative effort. Thanks to uh Brent Terhune, a fantastic comedian on who made some pretty great um fake Trump user, fake Trump supporter videos on uh YouTube, always quite good. And now that that dude's out, he's set his sights elsewhere. So thanks to him, we have this wonderful article. Reading from WRC, WBRC, six WBRC. Mississippi teen reunites with pet chicken thanks to Coleman residents. Thomas Ramsey lost his pet chicken at the Cracker Barrel in Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's low. Can you send me this article? I need to see this picture. Yeah, this picture is awesome because this is, yeah, I can't even, you describe this picture. I get. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Can I describe it before I actually see it? 
Yeah, you can. I mean, because I want to guess what this kid looks like, right? Yeah, I haven't you clicked can, the link. Guess what the kid looks like, and then just just I want you to guess where he is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna guess the kid is white. Whoa! <laughs> okay. You're right. I'm gonna You're guess right. he's white. I'm You're gonna like playing a game of guess who. That he's in the woods. Um. No, not really. Like, I mean, like, like where see. he lives, right? Like where they've got him looking at this chicken is like the middle of nowhere in Mississippi. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Sure is. Um, rural, I'm gonna say that sure. he's got, you know, that he is he wearing a t-shirt? Is he wearing a no. t-shirt of sure some shirtless? No shirt. No. <laughs> he's not wearing a shirt. Nope. No, he, he is wearing a shirt. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, I, was, I was like, wait a minute, are you saying yes or no? So I don't, all right, so th- those are my guesses. I'm going to guess that this kid also has a very a very poor haircut. Like, he's not skinheaded. He's just got a haircut that looks like his mom cut his hair during the pandemic, but there wasn't a pandemic at the time that she cut it, and she's been cutting it this way since he was a kid. <laughs> that might explain the hat in the picture. <laughs> okay, so he's wearing a hat. Okay. All right. All right, th- those are my guesses. Okay. All right, yeah, go click ahead. on the click. link. Yeah, then you can describe what. Click on the link. Click on the link. Uh, I just see a video. I don't There's see an video. image. You don't see an image? I don't see an image. I only see a, I only see a video. There, I don't even see a video. I just see an image. I see six WBRC Mississippi team reunites pet chicken thanks to Coleman Resident. I just sent you. I just sent you the image directly. There you go. Oh wow! I was not expecting yeah. that. He is reenacting no. the Civil War. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Looks like he's in a yeah Civil War reenactment costume, he, and the chicken is sitting on a cannon. Uh, <laughs> and they are they are definitely in the middle of nowhere. Uh, yeah, I did and, not have that image. I nope, got a video the, instead. Yeah, and re- the video is of the chicken walking around a re- uh, Civil War reenactment site. And this kid, yeah, with this kid with his hat off, has a terrible haircut. Yep. Oh, you you got a picture of the kid with scat with his hat off? Yeah, I got a, it's it's in the video. It's in the oh, video. Okay. He's holding the chicken. He's got he's on Zoom, so he's got a phone at least. And uh, yeah, there's lots of people taking lots of Civil War reenactors taking pictures with this rooster. Oh my god, that is. I guess they do. Uh, I guess they do that there, right? They have their uh... sure. I mean, because if you just say that the South will rise again, then you're going to practice, right? <laughs> Yeah, and everybody's got to have everybody's got to have a pet chicken. Wow, Down you should there. read Why this not? article. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it. Here we go. I re I rebooted the page so the video would play. The one time I wanted a video to play, it just straight up wasn't working. Thanks to several so Coleman, Alabama, WBRC. Thanks to several Coleman neighbors, a Mississippi teenager has been reunited with his pet chicken he lost at the Cracker Barrel off Highway 157 in Coleman. 18-year-old Thomas Ramsey has a pet chicken that travels with him and his Civil War reenactment group all over the country. After an, after an event in Tennessee, Ramsey stopped at the Cracker Barrel in Coleman, but he never imagined what would happen next. Peep is a peep is a great name for a chicken. Peep is a one year old rooster that hasn't that hasn't left Ramsey's side on the battlefield during his reenactments. But as soon as Ramsey stepped foot in the Coleman Cracker Barrel, that all changed. Quote, 
We got a text for our table. Are you going to so read this it. the way that he would read this? Are you going to reenact uh, most likely I, how he'd sound reading this? Uh, I, I don't know how I'd do it without sounding like the most, you know, stereotypical, like, southern accent. I don't think I can. Could you do it? You want to take a crack at it? I, I don't think I can do it, but I was hoping you could because because at the end it was great. The way that he sort of ends this is is the way All that right. I could I could read it in his accent. Let's see if I can do it. <clears throat> Let me get its character here. I should have swapped out my uh, my unsweetened tea for sweet tea. Then I could have really gotten its character. Quote. I, <laughs> I don't even know. I was just going to go like completely over the top. Quote. We got a text for our table, so so I tied him in the back of the truck. I've done this several times, and you just do a little slip knot on their foot right there. And <laughs> how's that? It was great. It was everything I expected and more. Perfect. When Ramsey returned to the car after eating, Peep had flown the coop. Quote, I asked them if they had any cameras in that parking lot because it looked like someone had stolen my chicken, which is kind of hard to say with a straight face. End quote, said Ramsey. Ramsey immediately posted on social media to several Coleman Facebook groups and then called Coleman Animal Control to help with the search. Quote, when I received the call, I thought this was I thought this was odd. This didn't happen. I thought this was odd. This didn't happen. That's what I'm no, saying. This, no, he said, when I received this call, I thought this was odd. This don't happen. Oh, OK. The punctuation is really weird. <laughs> when I received this call, I thought this was odd. This don't happen. This don't happen. <laughs> I say, God damn it, what in tarnation? This don't happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was totally worth you asking to do it this way. It made this story a thousand times better. I've never seen anything like this before. End quote, said Coleman City. Oh, shit. That, was, that wasn't even different that voice. Kid. That was you, different you need guy. to switch up the voice. <clears throat> okay. It, it, it needs a bit more jowl in it, a bit more jowly. Now, when I received this call, I, I thought I thought this was odd. This don't happen. I've <laughs> never, never seen anything like this before. And <laughs> said Coleman City Animal Control Officer Cooper Harris. <laughs> so that's Cooper. <laughs> How was that? I guess I nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only accent you can do without ever being accused of being a racist. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. That and um, a Jewish accent, I guess I could do too. Yeah. Those are the only two you can do. (laughs) An hour and a half later and not a, and not a peep capital P get it. This is, this is a, (laughs) this is until messages started flooding Ramsey's Facebook post that a man named Jeremy Cox had found his pet. Four days later, Ramsey and Peep reunited in Birmingham, in Birmingham before making the trip back to Mississippi. Okay, we got another quote here. This is Ramsey. Okay, this is the same kid from before. I didn't know if we would reckon if he would recognize me, but I kind but I kind of think he did because he perked up. It was a good feeling, I guess. Probably better that than I felt finding most dogs I've found in my life. End quote, Ramsey said. Why is he losing dogs in his life? I don't know. <laughs> what a weird... <laughs> it's 
It's dumb. <laughs> I think that's it. This is just dumb, dumb kid. Ramsey said he's thankful for all the help the, and support from the residents of Coleman. He says it's restored his hope that there are still good people left in this world. There's good people left in this world, I tell you. I what. just think there's good people. You know, we're some of us are God's children. And I think he's one of them. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't cook his chicken. <laughs> <laughs> One year old. <laughs> it's like right, ready to go. The root. The first of all, it's a rooster. All right, we're getting some conflicting information. It's still a but chicken, also, though, right? Is a rooster a chicken? I guess, yeah, it's, yeah. It's probably it's they're all is, chicken, right? Hens are chickens. Rooster. Roosters are chickens. Yeah, a they're rooster or cock is the adult male chicken. All right, fair enough. All right, fair enough. A younger male may be called a cockerel. Didn't know that. A male that has been castrated is a capone or a capon. Learning a lot about chickens just through two sentences. Yeah. I, what was it? I didn't realize like the Civil War reenactment part, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, especially being in Mississippi, I feel like half of that state is employed by uh, Civil War reenactments. Right. Like a lot of those people in the South. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's a, white, it's white people. <laughs> They're the ones taking all the uh, all the Civil War reenactment. Is there any like all black? Civil War reenactments, like similar to Hamilton. Not that I've seen. No, I mean maybe there's a, maybe there's a there calling. Like, yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Make, uh, to make it, an all the Civil yeah. War. Yeah, yeah, it could work. It would be a little weird, but you know, is it any weirder than Hamilton? Hamilton's really weird to me. I think it's I think it's really good, but it's still odd. I still don't know why it exists. But <laughs> yeah. you know, people like it, so good for them. It's very tr- very strange. Yeah, I, I watched it for the first time a little while ago. I think I mentioned that, and uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, all with him and his Civil War reenactment groups all over the country. Damn, yeah. so this is like a traveling pet chicken. It is. It is. Have you ever eaten in a Cracker Barrel, by the way? Let's talk yes, about the I real have. point, of the, the real uh, cornerstone of this story. I have. Uh, the name is unsettling, but they've got really good pancakes, actually. Hmm. Do they call them Johnny Cakes? It's one of those places that calls pancakes something else. And you're just like, can you just call them pancakes? But Flat yeah, jacks, I haven't eaten a Cracker jacks. Barrel. Haven't eaten Cracker Barrel since traveling around. It's it's one of those places you go on a road trip. At least for I'm, my family. Like like if you're I, driving yeah. somewhere along, like specifically when I used to drive to Savannah to go to school, right? That 16 hour drive. You'd stop at a Cracker Barrel because it'd be in the middle of Highway 157 in Tennessee. <laughs> like I've probably even been to that Cracker Barrel before. So I've I've never been to a Cracker Barrel. I just don't like the name. The name is unsettling. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. I, I don't like it. But at the same time, I feel like um, you know it's named after my people, and I feel like I should try it at least once in my life. Yeah, I've not. I've never had a dinner meal there. I've only had breakfast. It's like I said, it's one of those places you stop like. Eight o'clock in the morning, like, hey, we need to get some breakfast. Oh, there's a cracker barrel. So I found I found the recipe for their pancakes online. You should make them. Somewhere. Apparently, they're they're very good. The times I've had them, they're very good. So you should make them. Let's. I'm, I'm looking at the recipe. Let's see what's different from. Let's see here. Flour, baking soda. I mean, I mean, really, when it comes down to it, I'm not gonna lie. Turns out all pancakes are uh, not not all pancake recipes are the same, but they have the general same. It's more about like little tweaks here and there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's see here. It's not too... Oh, baking soda. Well, I guess if you're using buttermilk, you can use baking soda. That's the difference. Do you know what the difference is between baking soda and baking powder is? Um, I actually don't. I know it's a different chemical compound, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. baking soda... So I know this. 
um, without even looking it up. Baking soda doesn't actually do anything unless there's some sort of uh, activating ingredient. So that's why if you're making buttermilk pancakes and you're actually using buttermilk, then you can use, then that will actually activate because the acid in the buttermilk will actually activate the baking uh, soda to make things rise. If you're using baking powder, add vinegar, right? Like you're making a, is that what you add vinegar or no? What do you add to make a volcano? Baking soda in. Yeah. Vinegar. vinegar? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're, so if you're creating a, um, so yeah, if you're, uh, but if you use baking, if you use baking powder, that'll basically work on its own. It doesn't need an actual activation. There you go. So that's, if you're making pancakes and you don't, and you want, it's easier to use baking powder. I find my recipes, most of them use baking powder, not soda. And if they use both, I don't know why. I don't have an explanation for that one. But a lot of recipes will call for both. Some do. Uh, yeah. So this uh, this seems pretty straightforward. These these are the most generic. Uh, this is the most generic pancake uh, recipe I've ever seen. There's literally nothing special about their pancakes. There you go. Well, look, not special, but <clears throat> there you go. But they do save chickens and reunite them with. Uh, with lonely southern kids yeah damn 18 and run around i guess as far as uh covid safe activities go that's probably not too bad right so Civil reenactment? Reenactment. i don't know because those you know those people aren't wearing masks yeah but they're outside it's a little um you know you, you the way those battles went you were like shooting people across the field yeah i mean i don't know it was close combat back then because it wasn't like modern firearms right it was like muskets. oh that's true yeah it's like you had to get like old modern warfare was rough like real old modern warfare it was like a ball was it was some powder stuffed down with a stick and a ball and then you had one shot and when you missed it you then used the bayonet on the end of it to stick the guy with it sounds gross yeah it was rough yeah now we have drones <laughs> Yep, indeed. Makes much more um, efficient, much more civil. Yeah, actually, this um, this reminds me of another thing we could talk about in media therapy. Uh, so I'll table that. And that's it. That's it for the stories. Um, let's move on to a little reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. Now, I have this article that I've had up for the last two weeks about all the Biden executive orders that have been made in his uh tenure now this this was only this is updated as of like two weeks ago so there might be more up until now but there's a whole bunch here so you, you want to go through these and you can see what he's yeah, doing biden biden's going to work i guess executive orders there's uh it's it's interesting so i don't really know what you can do with executive orders. there's only so much you can do and anything you do with an executive order, as we learned, can be easily undone with another executive order in the next term. So they, in the grand scheme of things, executive orders seem kind of pointless to me, unless it's like super egregious stuff. Like the whole, I, I'm sure it's in this list, but the whole banning trans uh, military people, right? Yeah. Like as an executive order, that's stupid. Undo that thing. Like, you, you know, that's, that's enough to be like, uh, yeah, let's, let's, if you want troops, if you want to employ people let them work if they do if they could do the job let them do the job and as far as i'm concerned if you want to go fight for the military i'm not stopping you yeah exactly like, why would it. you like, limit why would you limit that it's like it's, yeah, it seems a little ridiculous trans prejudice is just so targeted and weird it's like there's there's not that many of those people why 
we need to have a rule that blocks out this few thousand people of the 350 million in our country. Really? <laughs> of all the people, they're they're the ones that you have a problem. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Have at it. All right. I might be underballing. I might be lowballing those numbers, but still, point remains. All right. From the top of the list, they group these in um, in sections. So this is reading from CNN. I think this is pretty well, uh, pretty concise. So first up, healthcare. Executive order on strengthening Medicaid and the Affordable Care Act. And that reopens enrollment on healthcare.gov from February 15th through May 15th and directs federal agencies to re-examine policies that may reduce or undermine excess, access to the Affordable Care Act. Fair enough. I don't yep. Know. Seems enough. kind of vague, but okay. Memorandum on Protecting Women's Health at Home and Abroad rescinds the Mexico City policy, a ban, a ban on U.S. government funding for foreign nonprofits that perform a or promote abortions. A memorandum also directs the memorandum also also directs the U.S. Health and Human Services Department to immediately move to consider rescinding the Trump administration rule blocking health care providers in the federal funded Title Ten or X, I think it's 10, family planning program from referring patients for abortions, according to the Biden administration. So this is like a weird one because the first part seems to have some teeth. The second one, when it says a move to consider rescinding, it's like, okay, so this doesn't do anything. Yeah. This is you it means writing. We can talk about it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is like writing and be like, Hey, can you guys do this? Oh uh, yeah, sure. Fine. We'll think about it. Yeah, we'll consider it. Great. Executive order accomplished. All right, that's it for the healthcare stuff. Really brief. Environment. There's a bunch of stuff here. Executive order on tackling the climate crisis at home and abroad. You want to talk about something that doesn't have teeth? Here we go. Seeks to cement the <laughs> seeks to cement the the climate crisis at the center of U.S. foreign policy and national security. Most notably, it directs the Secretary of the Interior to pause on entering into new oil and natural gas leases on public on public lands or offshore offshore waters. Okay, I guess that works. The order also. <clears throat> instructs Director of National Intelligence Avril Hel- Haney- Haynes, Avril Haynes, to prepare a national intelligence estimate on the sec- on the security implications of the climate crisis, and directs all agencies to develop strategies for integrating climate considerations into their international work. Establishes the international establishes the National Climate Task Force, assembling leaders from across 21 federal agencies and departments, commits to environmental justice and new clean infrastructure projects, kicks off development of emissions reduction target, establishes the special presidential envoy for climate on the National Security Council. See a whole bunch of high level stuff there taking climate change seriously. That's good. You want to talk about a pendulum swing? That's the biggest one. Go from somebody who denied climate change as a Chinese hoax. Yeah. To yeah, like, pretty much. <laughs> well, here's, here's a bunch of people that I'm asking to do things. Executive order on establishing president's council of advisors on science and technology. Why are these executive orders? Can't you just be like, hey, can I, can I hire some people? It's like, yeah, you're the president. Cool. Let's hire these people. Reestablishes the President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology. Moving forward, the Council will advise Biden on policy that affects science, technology, and innovation. 
Memorandum on Restoring Trust in Government Throughout Scientific Integrity and Evidence-Based Policymaking. I'm not even going to read that. That's pretty self-explanatory. Paris Climate Agreement. This one's pretty big. Uh, rejoins the Paris Climate Accord, the landmark. That's, in a, that's the big one. International agreement signed in 2015 to limit global warming. That's the funny one. Like It's things like that, which is just like, yeah, you can't leave it. But we were so – and we kind of killed our – the the biggest thing that Trump did, I think, on the inter- international level, is just leaving agreements we had with other countries and not yes, respecting. He's basically the like, "Hey, America first. We're out of your agreement because we didn't come because I didn't come up with it." Yeah, this one and the Iran nuclear deal are the are the most egregious examples. And it's like, why would we trust you? Plus, if you were if you're gonna get back into this deal, who's to say that if a Republican wins in 2024, they're not gonna leave again? It's like, deal with it, bro. Anyway, and the last one on this list, executive order on protecting public health and environment and restoring science to tackle climate. This one is controversial because it cancels the Keystone XL pipeline and directs agencies to review and reverse more than 100 Trump actions on the environment. The big one here is the is the Keystone pipeline. Um, People are kind of pissed about that because like and we're done. And then all these people just bounced out of work. Yeah. Little. You think uh, you'd at least give a bit of a runway or an offer? Yeah, but at the people. same time, it's like, well, blame Trump. You shouldn't have done it in the first place. True. Fair enough. The Keystone Pump Pipeline, though, is always one of these gestating things that's been around yes. for a while, right? Again, that's one of those things. The second Republican wins, it's going to come back again. Yeah. Unless they realize, oh, wait, we could just have all these wind farms and people could be working on things that aren't going to be detrimental to the environment. Yes. There's you an know, idea. They don't care about that because it's like, yeah, my kids will find a way out. Money. <laughs> Hey, have you heard about Mars? Elon's going to get us there. Yeah. Then we won't have to worry about any of this shit. It's going to be great. Yeah. Equity. That's the next subject. Executive order on advancing racial equi- equity and support for undeserved com- underserved communities through the federal government. Rescinds the Trump administration's 1776 commission and directs agencies to review the actions to ensure racial equity. I don't know what the 1776 commission was. I mean, it had to, I mean, 1776, that was the year we found our independence, yeah? So, I don't know what it means either, but that's a hint, I guess. It was only established in September. (laughs) Reading on Wikipedia, it was uh, established in 2020 by Trump to support what he called patriotic education. Ooh, that sounds creepy. The commission, which included no professional specialists in the United States history, uh, released released the 1776 report on January 18th, 2021, two days before the end of the Trump term. The report was strongly criticized by many professional historians in the United States who described the report as pseudo-history. The commission was terminated by Joe Biden on the 20th. (laughs) Literally lasted two days. (laughs) Two days. Oh, man. All right. Well, there you go. That's toast. Um... Executive order on preventing and combating de- discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. I thought that's already a law that seemed like a waste of ink, but fair enough. You want to show your hearts in the right place? All good. <laughs> Memorandum condemning and combating racism, xenophobia, and intolerance against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders in the United States. 
So this one acknowledges the rise in discrimination against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders in the past year, directing HHS to consider issuing guidance on best practices to improve cultural competency, language access, and sensitivity towards AAPIs. I don't know what that is, in the federal government's COVID-19 response. Memorandum also directs the Department of Justice to partner with Asian American and Pacific Islander communities to prevent hate crimes and harassment. Fair enough. So yes, yeah, we will be enough. calling it. Seems the, reasonable. <laughs> we'll be calling it the China virus anymore. Yeah, yeah, that alone could help a little bit. Gotta say, with Trump off or the Twitter, Kung it's, flu, it's really right? great. Yeah. Yeah. Did flu. he? Did he ever call it that though? Who? Joe Biden? No, Trump. Yeah, he said it. He goes, well, he did the thing where he goes, well, some people, I hear some people are calling it the Kung Flu. He did that thing. Of course he would. Dick. Executive order on reforming our incarceration system to eliminate the use of privately operated criminal detention facilities. Direct the attorney general, direct the attorney general not to renew federal contracts with private prisons. That one's pretty big. It's also going to piss off a lot of people, but who cares? Fuck yeah, them. but also private Biden prisons was, are a messed up. And Biden was a part of that. Like that's one of the knocks on Biden is in the eighties. He was a big part of kind of just putting people in jail. So yeah. yeah, that's probably a bit of hey, Kamala told me I had it, and she was part of it too. Quite honestly, as a DA. Um. So yeah, I think I think that's probably there's like sorry guys, our bad. We told you we'd do this, and we're gonna do it. So yeah, people change, right? You got to grow, yeah, especially when they need to get voted in for office. They change. So, yeah, we remember, uh, I think Obama came into office. They, this is something that people often point to. Obama went into office not supporting gay marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So things things change. Things change. They do. Now look at him. He's gay married. Don't tell anybody. It's secret. He got married. He got gay married in Kenya. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. Memorandum on redressing our nations and the federal government's history of discrimination, discriminatory housing pro- practices and policies. So direct another one of those are bad. We're going to fix it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when you're Biden's age, it's like a lot of this stuff is, but you are around for a lot of this. Yeah, shit. Yeah, you benefited from a lot of this, Joe. I don't even know benefited is the word, but you definitely oh, no, he were. Bene- his, him and his ilk benefited from housing discrimination and putting people in prison. Absolutely, he benefited from it. Oh. How did he benefit from it? By being white. Oh, okay. Come on now. Get get with it. Him and 70% of the country benefited from it. So, <laughs> Okay. Directs the Department of Housing. You benefited from it. <laughs> How did I benefit from it? Wait a minute. What did I do? I didn't do anything. I didn't see a check. Memorandum on Tribal Consultation and Strengthening Nation-to-Nation Relationships. This recommits federal agencies to engage in regular, robust, and meaningful consultation with tribal governments. Wow. Great. So we're going to talk to the natives again. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I don't understand why that's that's a weird one. Like, Why is that an executive order? Isn't that just a general policy thing? Like, these don't actually do anything. No, it's just the fact that Trump made such weird declarations that someone's got to go in and go, like, no, we're going to talk to them again. Like, that's how silly the last four years was. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know why it's just like, hey, we're doing this thing. Why do you have to make it? Like, an executive order makes it sound like we're going to do, like, I need you to start doing this thing now. This is just like, we're going to do this thing. And now I wrote it in an executive order. It's like, you're kind of taking the meaning out of an executive order. It just seems unusual. Like the Paris Climate Accord makes something because you're actually doing something with it, right? Like there's an action, explicit action associated yeah, with yeah, this yeah. thing. This is just like, 
hey, this is the order. We're going to we're going to continue to talk to these guys. It's like, what kind of order is that? Unless the order is the order is talk to that chief. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Now the order to talk to Chief Joe. Yeah, exactly. And if if you don't do it, then I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> or something. I don't know what happens if you don't if you break the executive order. Executive order on enabling all qualified Americans to serve their country in uniform. Reverse. So this is the the reverse the Trump administration's ban on transgender Americans joining the military. See that makes sense. I That's say an executive anyone order. that wants to volunteer for the military to let them is how I feel. I don't Absolutely. really care how you Fair identify yourself. If you want to get out there and fight for us, go for it. I'm down mm-hmm. for you. If you're a legal adult, yep, go for it. I agree with I, I agree with your sentiment. I don't really care any of your any, anything else. Maybe some of your past criminal history matters, but outside of that, I'm down with you getting in there. Get in there and go f- and go fight for us. I'm I'm for it. Yeah. On the economy, here we go. Executive order on ensuring the future is made in all of America by all America's workers. Wow, what, what a that weird. Means. Damn, what a weird, fluffy-looking executive order. I didn't screw that up either. This strengthens by American, B-U-Y, rules by closing loopholes and reducing waivers granted on federal purchases on domestic goods. Okay. Very weird title for nothing. Fair enough. Executive order on protecting the federal workforce, restores collective bargaining power and worker protection for federal workers, and lays the foundation for a $15 minimum wage. Executive order on economic relief related to the COVID-19 pandemic calls for assistance to those who are struggling to buy food, missed out on stimulus checks, or are unemployed. Again, it's like that's so ambiguous. Like you already have this massive package. It's all part of that stuff. So as an executive order, it's just weird. Pausing federal student loan payments extends the existing pause on student loan payment and interest for Americans with federal student loans until at least September 30th. Extend eviction and foreclosure moratoriums, extends the existing nationwide moratoriums on evictions and foreclosures until March 31st. That's it on the economy. There's a whole bunch of COVID-19 stuff. Did you that's, say how many executive orders there were? Because this is a lot. Like, he's only been in office for less. Has it been I know. That's what, and that, that's kind of the point. Like, there's, yeah. there's 42 in this list. That's a lot. And he's yeah. been in office how many days? Like not even a month. So he got, in the, he got into office on the twentieth. He started. He started yeah. signing the shit. He killed that seventeen seventy six thing on the twentieth. The day it was the oh, day no, no no wait sorry sorry I lied because this was no no yeah yeah the twentieth is when is when that happened right yeah yeah that was yeah. the day yeah so it's been like what just over four weeks just over a one two three four four weeks and here we are so wait. Am I not counting that right? One, two, three, three weeks, less than four weeks. And he's, he's getting to work. Most of these things were signed in the first week. If not like the first 48 hours, he just started signing. This is why like everybody kind of jumped on him from the right being like, Oh, he's just signed a bunch of executive orders. (laughs) Yeah. Which is exactly what Trump criticized Obama for and what everybody criticized Trump for. And then, it just goes around. But you look at these and you're like, well, these don't really mean anything. Like most of these don't do much of anything when you actually get down to the to the stuff of it. It's more a lot of these are symbolic more so than anything else. It's like I'm signing executive order committing to do this thing that 
uh, will eventually make sense in time so that when I did it, I could. So when, if it does happen, I can say, see, this is because of my direction. He signed one, two. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, fifteen executive orders related to COVID. That's a lot. And yeah, yeah, most of them are pretty clear, and they and like there's some of them are vague. Executive order to promote COVID nineteen safety in domestic and international travel. So like requires mask wearing in airports and on certain modes of transportation. Um. Executive order to ensure an equ- an equitable pandemic response and recovery. Like all these things are just symbolic. It's like, yeah, these are these are general policy terms. It's not. I don't. I don't know why they're executive orders. It's just bizarre. One is just create more vaccination sites. Duh. Yeah. Like why is that? I, yeah, why is that an order? Can't you just say, hey, do this? It's like okay, it that's shows you how far off we were the last four years of like basic common sense things that me and you wouldn't even know about, right? You would just kind of assume the government would take care of this. Now needs to be putting in some written document on a form that he signs. Like it's silly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, there's something on the census here. Executive order on ensuring a lawful and accurate enumeration and appointment and appointment pursuant to the. Decennial, decennial census. Uh, yeah, this this again is pointless because that could be we're not doing a census for another ten years, and it could be immediately removed. Um, immigration, preserving and fortified and fortifying deferred action for childhood arrivals. So strengthens DACA after Trump's effort to undo protections for undocumented people brought into the country as children. That's a good one. Proclamation on ending discriminatory bans on entry to the United States. So reverses the Trump administration's restrictions on U.S. entry for passport holders from seven Muslim majority countries. Yeah, he did that pretty early on, too. That was the whole thing where it's like, it's not a ban. And then like, but you just called it a ban. It's like, no, no, no. I didn't. You called it a ban. <laughs> if you remember the Melissa McCarthy as Sean Spicer sketch. Yes. That classic one that that, that, that was all about. Uh uh, executive order to rev- to on the revision of civil immigration enforcement policies and priorities undoes Trump's expansion of immigration enforcement. Uh, there's a whole bunch of this stuff. This a lot of the immigration stuff on explicitly undoes Trump's uh, policies. Proclamation on the termination of emergency with respect to the southern border of the United States and redirection of funds diverted to the border wall construction. So that halts construction of the border wall by terminating the national emergency declaration used to fund it. So remember, Trump did that. It's an emergency down there because the caravans of people I saw on Fox News. Reinstate deferred enforced departure for... Liberians extends deferral of deportation and work authorization for Liberians who with a haven in the United States until June 30th, 2022. Two more, two more left. Executive orders order on ethics commitments by executive branch personnel requires executive branch appointees to sign an ethics pledge barring them from acting in personal interests and requiring them to uphold the independence of the Department of Justice. That one seems super silly, but Fine, like, hey guys, work with work with ethical intent, okay? Would you Again, fire me if I did this stuff out now. It's just spell this stuff out now. Crazy like, that you do. Yeah, it it's so nutty. 
And then there's the last one under regulation, modernizing regulatory review directs the White House Office of Management and Budget Director to develop recommendations to modernize regulatory review and undoes Trump's regulatory approval process. That's it. Those are all of them. I mean, I I blew through the COVID ones because there's so many of them and most of them are just, it's all in the package. Like that, that's all. And it's, it's just kind of not worth it. So what do you think? Anything here that you're like, why is he doing it? No, it all seems common sense, which is the problem. Uh Uh-huh. It's all common sense, which is why it's just like, what are we doing? Like it's common sense stuff, um, which is sort of, it's a little, it's not frustrating. It's just, this is what the last four years was. So now we've got to spell crap out um because yeah yeah it's um a lot of that stuff you go through and you're like why but everybody's gonna be like why is he time 42 executive orders it's like well read them and then you could say oh yeah well they're not they're not really changing your day-to-day life if anything it's just putting in just reestablishing been, where we were <laughs> yeah it's just putting in the order that was missing yeah and like you said spelling out things that we didn't think needed to be spelled out yeah but apparently they do and now we know Right now, we know we got to spell it out because if not, some idiot's going to take advantage of it. Yeah, exactly. No spray tans. It's a weird executive order, but I guess I guess we need it. Guess we need it. Anyway, enough of that shit. Let's move on to a little media therapy, shall we? Bring sure. this thing home. So, I there's something. Oh, right. Before we do that, oh man, I got a good one. Who's older, Steve Zahn? Or Paul Giamatti. Steve Zahn doesn't age. Kind of like Paul Giamatti. They just started. Yeah, at he doesn't points. age. It's very odd. Um, I'm going to say Steve Zahn is older than you think because he doesn't age. He looks like he's in his late 40s, but I'm going to guess he's in his late 50s. I'm going to guess Steve Zahn is 58. Okay. Paul Giamatti is older than Steve Zahn. By five months. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, he's younger. Like, he looks like he's younger. So, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, because Steve Zahn is a little ageless. He doesn't he doesn't really age. But number-wise, they are the same age at this point, which is nuts when you think about it. Yes, it is. They, it just came up in a, com- in, uh, in a podcast. I'll mention, like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. So, there you go. Um, what do you uh, watch anything? play anything not really it's been pretty quiet media wise nothing nothing to write home about um yeah did you watch the new wandavision i've not it's out today right yep so yeah yeah, it's basically uh, that's my friday lunch as i watch wandavision yeah i haven't watched it um yeah only thing i've seen is the news about the mandalorian (laughs) is all i've seen media wise yeah well for me Real quick, and then uh, and then we get into a story then, because I'd be interested to get your take on this. Um, I'm still playing Need for Speed, but I'm done now because Super Mario 3D World just came out today. And oh, that's I'm right. super, Am super I supposed excited to be buying to this? It, only if you'd like. Uh, Brittany hasn't said she's officially going to play with us yet. So until she confirms. <laughs> I guess. If you say so. I mean, which, not really. She's, she's, she's growing life. Yeah, exactly. So there comes a point where you just are immobilized and you just want to play some video games, right? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. There you go. So that, I'm just saying it's a good excuse, right? Yeah. 
Plus, yeah. you're not you're not asking for a big commitment here. You're talking like maybe twice, and then you forget about it forever. <laughs> you're like that sucked, and then you go, go on to the next thing, right? Just a fun fun diversion. Do something different with your life for a change. You know, live a little, play some Super Mario 3D World. Um, so anyway, excited to jump into that. Still playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and haven't really done anything except oh yeah the the Trump impeachment. Wow, what a what a spectacle. So here I got an article here. Reading from IGN, and uh, I'd be interested to get your take on this. Six days in full. What the hell is this? Okay. Six days in Fallujah publisher insists the game is not a U.S. Army recruiting tool. Uh, So there is a game that was originally. So I'm going to read this article and. We'll see if there, if there's any blanks you need to fill in. I'll fill them in. But I think it does these jobs. Six Days in Fallujah is not a U.S. Army recruiting tool, according to the publisher of the game Victura. Six Days in Fallujah is a tactical shooter based on the events that took place in 2004 during the Second Battle of Fallujah in Iraq and a revival and a revival of a game originally announced and abandoned in 2009. It's. Its reannouncement caused a, caused hot debate and raised questions about its use of potential recruiting tool for the U.S. armed forces. So in 2009, they, it was announced that this game was coming out. Um, so that would have been for the 360 and the PS3. It was going to be published by Konami. And it was developed by a company called uh, Atomic Games. And I actually know somebody who was a producer there at the time of on the game. And it was... And yeah, it was announced and all of a sudden people were like lost their minds, like media kind of freaked out about it. And as a result, Konami also freaked out by the by the uh, by the backlash in the press. They canceled the game. So it was done. And apparently the rights reverted back to Atomic Games. And now these guys have it. So that's just a little bit of a side uh, side story on how this got here. The game's new publisher, Victoria, insisted that. Oh, right. So they reannounced this game this week. It's coming out. And it's meant to be like the super realistic. They say it's meant to give you the most accurate depiction of what of what it's like to be in that war zone. They also have like they're taking input from people who were there. Even the trailer of the game had people have like soldiers that were there talking about it and why they're involved and uh, kind of like documentary style, I guess. I don't know if that's to be worked into the game itself, but that's generally what they did with the announcement. So the game's new publisher, Victura, insists the game is not associated with the U.S. government and will not be used in recruiting. Victura did, however, speak to over 100 Marines, soldiers, and Iraqi civilians in making of the game. Quote, the U.S. government is not involved in making the game, nor are there any plans to use it for recruiting. And quote, Victura said in a, in a FAQ, quote, the Marines, soldiers, and Iraqi civilians who've helped us participated as private citizens, and the game is being fina- financed independently, end quote. Elsewhere in the FAQ, Victoria says it is helping service members outside of the game's development. Quote, a portion of the proceeds from six days will be donated to organizations supporting coalition service members who, who have been most affected by the war on terror, end quote. The FAQ answer reads, quote, Our focus will be on those whom traditional relief efforts are not yet reaching. Marines, soldiers, and civilians who've helped us create the game will be deeply involved in directing these donations, end quote. The resurrected version of Six Days in Fallujah has been in the works at Victoria since since 2016, with 
Tamte, former Halo and Destiny lead developer, Jamie Jamie Greismer, and Halo's original composer, Marty O'Donnell, who is providing the music for the game. Other numerous ex-Bungie staff makes make up Haywire Games, another studio on the project. Victura says more, more details on the games will be released in the coming weeks. The U.S. Army has previously received criticism for recruitment tactics in video game in the video game world. After turning to esports, the army subsequently halted its activities on Twitch after it was reprimanded for sending viewers to a recruitment page allegedly disguised as a giveaway. Did not know about that one. So, I think you got the gist of it, right? Yep. What do you think? What do you think of the idea? Generally, like, what do you think of the idea of a game? like this based on a real conflict it's, in Iraq. That's yeah, controversial that's thing, right? Like it's telling a story, right? And we've talked about games in general being like, it's story driven now. Like, it's not just like, it's one thing if it's just call of duty, you just run around shooting people and whatever, right? It's all made up, but you're telling a story about an actual event. And these people are telling their reenactments of this. And you have to treat that with some care. It can't be a flippant video game. Like, and what was it? Modern Warfare 2, where you walk through the airport and you like shoot up an airport and all that stuff. Like you can't no Russian. like, yeah, that was the, yeah, that was the problem. That was it. Yeah. But, but still, but that's kind of the point, right? Like you can do that in a video game and everyone can be outraged, right? But they like, go, oh, it's not a real event. It doesn't, it didn't happen, but everything you're doing here is real. Right. So I, I don't have a problem with it because it's the same as telling a documentary, really. I mean, other than the fact that you're like reenacting it, right? Which I guess is the problem because like yeah, you're sort of agent. telling a documentary. It's the fact that you get to play the controls and hey, your buddy dies. Like it's that kind of weirdness of it. Yeah. And you have the agency to kind of do whatever it is that you want. So yeah. if it says save the hostage, then you also have the agency to shoot the hostage, right? Like, but you don't that that's in theory. You don't really know. Yeah. My my thing is like I was listening to the daily video game news podcast that I listened to and they were talking about this and they were talking about it in a really negative way. And I you know, there there's definitely something that feels off about it. And especially when they say, oh, yeah, it's like um, the the event that this is based on is not like a happy thing. Right. But you don't know what the tone is. I think that giving the benefit of the doubt until it comes out, if it comes out and it's tasteless, then call it tasteless. But should go in with an open mind because to just to just declare certain things off limits is not is not beneficial to any art form, right? Like you, you should allow that experimentation, allow pushing the boundaries, and see if it can be done. And in a, in a way, kind of applaud those people taking those risks. And and say, hey, man, go for it. You know, you're you you guys are taking on a project that a big publisher walked away from after fear of backlash. And now you're basically leading your publishing efforts with this controversial project. Right. And you are opening yourself up for exposure in the worst possible way, because I don't see a way that this either i this either goes two ways one it'll be celebrated because it it completely surpassed those uh, mainstream expectations and like wow they actually did something super unique in this space and really respected the the events of of all sides whatever it is 
And the other side is, wow, this is as bad as we thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a yeah, big yeah. disaster. This is tasteless. This is disgusting, et cetera. Um, I don't, I don't really see a middle ground. And if, and honestly, if it is in the middle ground, that would only make it worse and fall into that previous camp. Cause it's like, wow, this is exceedingly mediocre. And as a result, it's even more disrespectful <laughs> to the events that happened yeah. because they just made this kind of budget military shooter that, that cashes in on this event, um, you know, kind of doing a little pandering and marketing off the controversy versus actually using it for a, for a learning. So, yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting event that happened this week that this thing was announced well, out of complete nowhere because you read this <laughs> thing. I I knew of the game in 2009. Right. And like I said, I'm friends with a, with a guy who used to work at Atomic Games. So when when this came up, I was just like, whoa, what? Is this like one of those throwback things or if like we uncovered the code of this game and now, you know, like like they just recently found the... Uh, like the entirety of the GoldenEye remaster game that was uh, halted release by Nintendo. Hmm. It was supposed to be on the 360. Yep. That whole game just showed up online now. Like you could play it on PC. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's sort of like we're releasing things because, hey, now's a good time to release content and things. People, for the most part, are still kind of at home, right? Everyone's adjusted to, hey, we're going to spend more official. time The GoldenEye thing was leaked. That was a leak. Yeah. That wasn't okay. official. Yeah, yeah. But still, I just think in general, you're going to see more of this stuff. It's kind of like, why is this back? I'm like, why did we? Why is this coming back? Or why is this thing happening? Because that's what's that's where we are. Like that's where we are as far as media is concerned. We're kind of we're pulling out the the rainy day fund of media stuff. Yeah, but you look at the things through this lens, right? This is, I think, one of the issues people have is also the proximity. It was less than 20 years ago that this thing happened. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah. and now and it was we're, announced we're in 2009. It, right? it was only five yeah. years after. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, but that's just happening, right? As stuff. I mean, they've already talked about making a movie around Wall Street bet stuff, right? Like we're just getting close. Sooner and sooner are we going to get media out on current events? Like we're not going to wait twenty years before we do a, you know, a Gulf War movie anymore, right? Like we're going to do nine eleven movies five five years after nine eleven. That's just what we're going to do. Yeah, United ninety three came out like pretty soon after. Yeah. God, there was that Robert Pattinson movie that had nothing to do with nine eleven, and then ended with him being in the world trade center at nine 11, like on that day, yeah. it was, it was the biggest, <laughs> I remember reading about that. I was like, Holy shit. <laughs> That's, I can't believe they did that. Wow. Um, yeah, th- this was, this is kind of cool. I wondered if, if we had the games that we have now in like in the same time that world war two happened, do you think there would be a similar, controversy because don't forget when you're playing when you're playing like call of duty and you're playing online like those original call of duty games or any like medal of honor when you're playing multiplayer half of the people are playing as nazis yep yeah (laughs) like yeah isn't that controversial in itself yeah i mean they didn't call them nazis right they gave them the the axis yeah allies in the axis yeah Yeah. but i mean like this is like if you try to imagine this right like think of them making dunkirk like five months or you know five years after the events like how realistic that is um yeah like i think world war ii a lot of people died in world war ii right that's the biggest casualty in war we've ever had so i think that's i mean look they're gonna make a covid movie like covid movies are already out didn't michael bay already make a covid movie uh yeah i think so they made a movie yeah 
something like that. So, like, and again, we've lost how many Americans to COVID already? Terrible. It's apparently right, but it doesn't. And we're still going to make pandemic movies, even though we're like someone right now has already got a script for a pandemic movie. So it's just kind of where we're where we're going. The the controversy with this one is it's not just proximity, right? The the Iraq War itself is super controversial, right? Going in under false pretenses, it's still going on, like it's just awful. And then this specific event. From what I understand, I don't know too much about it, but it was like really awful. Like it's as far as a like civilian casualties and all the other things. But if they're doing the due diligence, you don't know how they're presented, right? Like if you have this military shooter and it's more about survival and not actually just going in like a call of duty, killing a whole bunch of people, like if in the whole game, you only kill like 20 people (laughs) and and it's more like through the eyes of this thing through these awful scenarios. It could, it could be an interesting experience. Yeah. I'm really curious to see how it shapes up. Like if it, if it's good, I'll play it. If, it, if, but if it's as awful as a, you know, and, it, and if, and if it's not something that's worth supporting because it doesn't respect the events, then I won't. It's yeah, and it as seems that. like it will. Like I've wa- I just watched this video um, and it, like, it seems like it will, like they've got the guys there, they're interviewing them. Like, it seems like they're going to give this the care that it needs. I, I just hope it's good, <laughs> right? Yeah, like that's your the story thing. You want is, it to be good, right? Yeah, it's got to be good. If you're going to do this, you can't make a crappy game. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? And that's what I'm like, saying. It's one that, of those that's things what I mean. With, like, those, yeah. with those two, with those two things, it's just going to be. Um, you, you got those two options, but I just I don't understand the backlash of people who haven't even played it yet. But that's everybody, though, right? This is. I mean, I'm assuming we're going to go into cancel culture the end of this podcast but yeah this is just where people like getting offended over stuff and sometimes it's warranted and sometimes it's not just where we are i think this one is just definitely a not thing because you're you're judging a thing entirely before you've you have any idea what it's about you have this trailer which the trailer was surprisingly um like introspective like it actually seem to address all the issues that people were going to have. And then the, the reason why this whole thing came out about the, the funding was because there was this kind of tweet thread where people were posting about, oh, where's this funding coming from? This is a part of these guys. So this, this is probably coming from the U.S. government. So there's, there's these conspiracies about it. But we'll find out. Let's see. Let's see. And if it comes out and, and it is awful as it says, don't buy it. Vote with your wallet. Simple as that. Yeah, pretty much. You know? So Agreed. anyway, yeah. I thought it was cool. Um, I have, uh, I'm going to reserve expectations, but I'll, I'll be watching it. It's definitely, definitely on the watch list. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was about it. We can talk about Gina Carano if you want, but I would like to just because I, I mean, okay. I know that you are much more of a, this cancel culture stuff is stupid, but they've basically ended her career. Like she's done. Did they? Because I think they did. Do you know what just happened with her? I have no idea. Like the latest? No. No. So maybe didn't. So maybe now her career is uh career is out there doing stuff now, I guess, huh? Someone else. Yeah, hired. this this is what happens. I'm gonna tell you what happens when you when you go down the cancel culture road. All right. Reading from Deadline, Gina Carano hits back, announces uh, announces new movie project with Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire. Quote, Whoa. they can't cancel us if we don't let them. End quote. All right. Buckle up. Because this, this is fucking weird. All right. Uh, less than 24 hours after her explosive ouster 
from Star Wars series The Mandalorian for incendiary social media posts, Gina Carano has hit back at her detractors and and revealed a new movie project she is making with conservative website The Daily Wire. Carano told told us today, quote, The Daily Wire is helping make one of my dreams, one of my dreams to develop and produce my own film come true. I cried out and prayer was and my prayer was answered. I am sending out a direct message of hope to everyone living in fear of cancellation by the totalitarian mob. I have only just begun using my voice, which is now freer than ever before, and I hope it inspires others to do the same. They can't cancel us if we don't let them, end quote. Dank Farrick, as her Mandalorian character would say. I who knew? Who knew that's what her Mandalorian character would say? I didn't know that. Carano will develop, produce, and star in the upcoming film, which The Daily Wire says it will release exclusively to its members as the company looks to bolster its entertainment division. Details are being kept under wraps, but it will be produced as part of Daily Wire's partnership with Bone Tomahawk producer Dallas Saunier and and his bonfire legend banner. Quote, We could not be more excited to be working with Gina Carano, an incredible talent dumped by Disney and Lucasfilm. I think it's questions about this quote (laughs) by Disney and Lucasfilm for offending for offending the author, the authoritarian Hollywood left. This is what the daily this is what Daily Wire exists to do, provide an alternative, not just for consumers, but for creators who refuse to bow to the mob and quote said Daily Wire co-founder Shapiro. Quote, actually, he probably said that a lot differently. I could do my Ben Shapiro impression, but I won't. I won't read that again. Quote, I don't know if I can read this one as his voice. We're eager to bring Gina's talent to America who love her. And we're as eager as a show in Hollywood that if they keep canceling culture, who those who dig differently, they'll just help building the X-Wing to take down the Death Star. And quote, he added, he speaks really fast. That's my bench bureau impression. Carano's controversial social media post described by Lucasfilm as abhorrent saw her turfed from Mandalorian by the studio and ditched by her agency, UTA. The former MMA star and Deadpool actress played bounty hunter Cara Dune in the first two seasons of Lucasfilm Disney Plus's hit series. The actress raised hell by sharing a TikTok post comparing the current divided political climate in the U.S. to Nazi Germany. This is what she said, quote, Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? End quote, she wrote. I never really understood that whole thing. This is like the whole re-education camp theory. They got to understand that they're reading conspiracy theories. Another photo on Carano's Instagram story featured a person with several masks covering their face and head with a caption, quote, meanwhile in California, end quote. Both posts were scrubbed from the actress's Instagram yesterday, but others picked it up and repost and reposted. The actress has previously courted controversy for posts about election fraud and gender pronouns. Now. I'm sure you're wondering, why did you read this whole article? Because of this. Last month, we revealed that right-wing site The Daily Wire acquired its first feature film, school shooter movie Run, Hide, Fight, (laughs) produced by Dallas Sonnier under his Bonfire Legend banner. Daily Wire says the film drew more than 300,000 viewers during its three-hour live-streamed premiere. 
The new alliance with Carano raised the prospect of Daily Wire's film operation becoming a home for those going against the Hollywood grain in controversial ways. Not that Disney will be too worried about that, however. Um, so, yeah, the the movie that these guys have acquired first is I looked it up, Run, Hide, Fight. And it's basically like the first review of Rotten Tomatoes uh, or like one of these reviews in uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I thought it was a pretty funny thing. So somebody somewhere one day had a thought, what if Die Hard except a school shooting? And not only did they immediately check themselves for other symptoms of lead poisoning, but thought, yep, that's a winner. <laughs> yeah, so that that's what's going on. Thomas Jane is in that movie. Didn't know he was he was hurting that much. So, yeah, um, that's what Gina Carano is doing. She's going to be fine. First of all, I, I don't really have too you much. She's going to be fine. Her. I don't know, because the problem with Gina Carano is that she's not a good actress yeah. or not a good actor. Sorry. Mm-hmm. She's not very good. She, she's a, kind of um, she's like the male she's the she's the woman version what's a good example because not even the rock is a good example of the rock maybe a decade ago where it's just like he's just kind of a wrestler that's been like john no, cena she doesn't she doesn't even have that natural charisma john cena she doesn't she's you, not, hold hold up have you not seen 12 rounds <laughs> no again i'm sure john cena's great i'm trying to think of the name i don't have the person like who is the person that you can compare her to she's she's well, like lower than the list I, I wouldn't even say that. And because Vin Diesel's Vin pretty D- bad. Like, he's got a franchise that... I know, but he's got a franchise, exactly. But look at look at everything outside of the franchise Vin Diesel tried to do. It's kind of bombed. You know? He, she's kinda like bombed. Vin, she's really like Vin Diesel without Fast and Furious. Yes. Hell, without yeah, Riddick, so, even. Because she doesn't have and any I mean, sort look, of name. She's, she's, she's like if she's, Vin Diesel gotta, only did Babylon, Babylon AD... Yeah. 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 I mean, I look, she, she's different. Like, head. she's, it's good because, at least in The Mandalorian, right? It wasn't the same sort of woman that you put in every single show. Like, she's built like a fighter. Yeah. Like, she's, she's just yeah. built differently. And apparently, she's a, she's a bag of rocks, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, it's just like, well, you can't win them all. So, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, she's so replaceable. I mean, even the man, even, even, uh Pedro Pascal is replaceable. Like everyone in the Mandalorian other than Baby Yoda, which is a puppet. And Bill Burr. You can't replace Bill Burr. They're all replaceable, which is why it's very interesting watching that show of realizing like every single character here is replaceable, except for the puppet, except for the doll. <laughs> you can't replace uh Carl Weathers. I mean, you can just not include him at this point. That's true. You, That's I mean, the thing with the with the way the show is and the way it's. You just don't it need now, to include him. You don't need him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just yeah. like this, like, oh, what happened to Gina Carano? Like all the memes of like, oh, she, you know, she she crashed a spaceship and died. <laughs> like it's all like that's it, and it's like, yeah, great, we're done. Like you don't even need to acknowledge that she ever existed again, and the show is going to be just fine, and all this entire universe will be just fine without her. What might happen, based on this this article specifically? Is that you mentioned she's not a good actor. I don't think it matters. Right now, she's already got a bunch of money. Everything's she's gonna be fine financially. I'm not really too concerned. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not like like any of these people who even I'm like, why are we canceling these people? I'm not really concerned about their financial well being um at all. But I think when it comes down to a following and continued work, it's basically gonna be like uh Christian movies, right? And there's probably some overlap even between oddly enough, between 
these demographics because the same you know super Christian people are going to follow Ben Shapiro, who's oddly enough a uh, an Orthodox Jew. Um, but have you ever seen a like a Christian film? The acting is terrible. God's yeah. not dead. All three of them. <laughs> I, I I just think the appetite for that stuff is just not what it used to be. Like it's the appetite different. for her, it's, it's just not like she's replaceable. There's how many other women in the in the WWE or UFC want to become movie stars? Probably a lot of them, right? Like I would argue, and I don't know what her politics are. I'd argue you could replace her with Ronda Rousey today, and it wouldn't make a difference. Yeah. Has she been uh, canceled? She no, probably still- has. Ronda Rousey's a little nuts, too. So I wouldn't be surprised if she's on the internet with some with some alt-right conspiracy theories, too. But she's probably, she's probably doing okay. But I guess that's kind of my point, right? Like, you just kind of need... There's enough women in the UFC and who are athletes, right? And who want to extend their careers that Disney can turn into stars. Okay, so Ronda, Rousey, Ronda Rousey's last tweet was February 6th, and it said, Happy birthday, Mewtwo. At Pokemon. <laughs> okay, so she's a Pokemon fan. Boom, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Wait a minute. Is this this is the Ronda That's Rousey? The real Ronda Rousey? You sure? Yeah, Ronda Rousey. Also, yeah, this is this is her. I mean, it goes to it's verified. It goes to RondaRousey.com with her talking about these other things. Yeah, she she retweeted Ronda Rousey's nuts. She tweet, she retweeted uh, Drinkbox Studios at uh, in December uh, in December 2020. And Drinkbox is awesome. They're the guys who make Guacamelee. And a whole bunch of other dope games. Well, she I mean, can you not just, just make her just replace the character with Ronda Rousey? Oh, they put Ronda Rousey in Guacamelee. That's probably why. All right, cool. Yeah, Ronda Rousey. Cool. Right now, if I was Disney, I go, so what's Ronda doing? <laughs> we need we need a, we need another uh, built woman. Let's get Ronda. <laughs> we, we we need a woman that looks like she could beat the hell out of Bill Burr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also uh just a adequate to not great actor can we get can we get that yes let's get adequate good enough yeah so yeah i just find it so like what do you feel do you feel that this is worth someone losing because you are on this podcast and i look you can tell me that i'm wrong but out of the two of us you're more sensitive is the wrong word you're more you think that people sort of getting fired for things that they say or actions or social media is a little silly. Am I wrong in saying that? You're saying that this is a little silly, that it doesn't need to be this sort of really hard cut of sort of getting rid of people because of whatever, right? Because you took a picture with the president doesn't mean we need to destroy your entire life. You are of that mind of that's a little silly. Come on. Yeah, I, I think I'm more the minds of let's not go. My thing is let's not go for the jugular. Let's like give a give a chance of forgiveness and grace. And then, you know, if you're going to forego it, then I don't really have much sympathy, but it's like the knee jerk canceling of people is to me kind of a gross practice. And it emboldens. So what are your thoughts on people. this case, regardless of how good of an actor she is, or if you need her, right? Like throw all that stuff outside. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this was worthy of her losing her job and, and losing her agent, her, her agent? I don't, yeah, what what was posted was super egregious. And this is one of those things where I guess there's this. This is where it just shows how far people are in the tank, because if you're going to post this thing, they're like, wow, that was a mistake, you know, follow up with an apology 
but I guess there was enough time to gestate because she's been taking hell for this for a while. Like this isn't the first thing she posted about it. She's been posting some wacky shit throughout the pandemic. Yeah. So this is not a one-off thing. So if this she's was got a one-off some, thing, do you think that she would she would have lost her job? If this is the only thing she's ever posted. If this is the only thing she's ever posted, I think it probably would have came with an apology and then she wouldn't have lost her job. So you think this is a repeatable, this is a repeat offender, repeat offender. I believe so. Yeah. Cause when I saw the news, I was like, oh yeah, well, she posted some crazy shit before it's ever since the episode where they were calling for a cancellation and, uh, back at, there, it was like episode four of this season. Like this wasn't the first time I heard rumblings of people getting annoyed with the stuff she was posting. And if you're unapologetically posting some vitriolic stuff and it, and it's also dangerous, right? Especially when you're posting things about, um, you know, anti-mask and it's like, that's literally getting people killed, let alone the whole analogy between the Jews and in Nazi Germany and how Republicans are treated. Like, get the fuck out of here. It's just a bunch of nonsense, but that's why it's like, okay, if I was Disney, it would be like, Hey, let's have a talk. You just posted this stuff. We need you to do three things. One delete all those posts. Uh, no, actually, yeah. One, delete all those posts. Two, uh, post an apology. Three, don't tweet again for the time that... It, don't post anything on social media um, for the entirety of uh, your employment here at Disney. <laughs> That's what I would do. And then I'd be like, okay, we can move forward here. There's none of this vitriolic stuff that's going to exist. Then you can still have your job. You can condemn the thing you said, explain why you're wrong, and then, you know, maybe make a big donation to some uh, Holocaust museum, right? Do some shit like that. G- give me some redemption. But in this case, my my guess is like they tried to have that conversation. It didn't happen. They probably did it a few times based on the history of, uh, of her posts. Because it's not like anybody's posting these things under the radar. Disney's got so many damn employees. You think they don't have anybody who's looking at every tweet somebody makes? They have to like they have. And she's like, so yeah. she's so low rung there. It's like it's you. You have what clout do you have? You're in a serialized show. You're in two episodes per season. Yeah, you're in if a serialized show can, where the main character wears a mask. <laughs> yeah, we don't even know if we're going to be bringing you back because we're going to be doing three other shows in the Star Wars universe before we even revisit Mando. Yeah. So we don't need you. The whole point of she's been fired by Disney. It's like, was she even employed by Disney at this point? Like, what were they going to do with her show? <laughs> well, I thought she was supposed to have a spinoff show, right? She was that supposed would be to be awful. meeting up. She was supposed <laughs> to. I mean, look this up. I'm pretty sure that she was supposed to have some spinoff show. Um, she was her character was supposed to be right because she joined like this police force. So there's supposed to be this this whole Star Wars police force thing she was supposed to be in charge of. I guess was my understanding. Who knows? But um, I, I, so she he, basically lost her chance at a, at a Star Wars franchise because she's a little nutty. Yeah, this wasn't a one-off. This wasn't like, oh, we found a post that you made five years ago, or this could be a little, this could be interpreted. Th- this one's pretty, I honestly don't have much issue with this. Hmm. And the the lack of remorse is is a point as well. Like the JK Rowling thing, we talked about that upon the first offense. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe people just aren't understanding things. And then there was all that other stuff that happened after. I'm like, uh, okay. Now, let, let's <laughs> – this, this is a bit much. <laughs> why Why did you have to make the bad guy, uh, you know, uh, 
a trans a trans killer when you're trying to dodge all this uh transphobic uh <laughs> transphobic rhetoric it's like you dummy but this is one of those things where like no this is happening now this is you now repeatedly over and over and over again this is you in the in the conspiracy theory tank no one's going to round up republicans no one's no one's calling for any of that stuff this is all q bullshit so calm the fuck down and if you can't get out of that mindset and you're going to keep perpetuating this stuff you have influence you have to we will not give you that platform and as a result we will drop you and then the fact that she's hired immediately later by ben shapiro kind of proves yeah (laughs) do do your thing you know i it's not even like a trump thing like because ben shapiro is not even a trump supporter in a way he he He'll rationalize some of the stuff, but for the most part, he's never really been on Trump's side because Trump's a, a moron in his opinion. So, but which is true. So he's an interesting guy to listen to, even if he is full of shit. So yeah, that's my take. I, I can't really. This isn't one of those where I'm like, how could they do this? I get it. This one I totally get. You got to cover. It's it's Disney. Like of all the companies, yeah. it's Disney. Disney, who's like, who there's a question of whether or not they'll put out an R-rated Deadpool movie. You can't have someone in your, who's actively perpetuating this <laughs> shit. No way. No way. Any employer would would fire this person. Yep. I agree. Well, not, yeah, any, not any employer. My pillow. Well, and, and like, she's hey, just come so here. I'll, you can sell pillows for me. And she's just so replaceable. Like, I can see if she, like, she's just, she's just replaceable. Like, sorry, but it happens. It's life. So she's just not worth the juice isn't worth the squeeze. <laughs> yeah. See, what's funny is like you think about that. I, th- I thought about this as well because Bill Burr was talking about it because obviously they work together. And on his podcast, he said he referred to her as a friend, but he said so much outlandish stuff, but he's still a comedian. So you, there's this expectation that, you know, everything is kind of a joke. And well, he's also Bill Burr's never saying as well. anything hateful. Bill Burr attacks everybody. Right. And that's how you do it. And it's you don't never just done in one a... side or the other. And it's never done maliciously. You just yes. attack everyone in the name of trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. And that's how you kind of get away with it. And, it. and the other thing is you have to actually be funny. Right. So if he wasn't funny, he'd be probably in a lot of trouble. But Bill's hilarious. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my take. Probably not as uh much you're probably thinking i'd get a little spicier on that being like how could you cancel gina carano i don't give a shit about gina carano plus no and i I think you kind of proved my point of if you don't really care about it then you don't really care whether or not they're canceled or not people only care about about cancellations hold on let me finish people (laughs) only care about cancellations when it's stuff they care about so you cared about whatever it was cha-cha matcha or whatever the heck it was they were posting two years prior was it cha-cha matcha or was it something else it was cha-cha matcha. And okay, then I okay. also talked about the J.K. So Rowling thing. That. Yeah, so you're like, oh, well, cha-cha matcha. I like cha-cha matcha. What's the big deal? I like it. Don't cancel my store that I love so much. That's that's you. It's fine. Yeah, and they, they posted Working a picture. Your own self-interest. It was from like two years ago they found tweets from that guy. And they were talking about and they post and they were posting things like Black Lives Matter and all this other stuff. So I'm just saying that was that was different. This one, she's again doubling down. She's posting Nazi conspiracy theories. She's not just saying I like the president. <laughs> like yeah. it's a bit different. Not and not even saying I like the president now. Like that was two years ago, before he killed five hundred thousand people. 
And J.K. Rowling, I don't I don't give a shit about J.K. Rowling. But I thought the first at the first offense, I was like, well, let's give her a little bit of benefit of doubt here. <laughs> and then she stuck her foot further in her mouth. Yeah. Now I'm like, all right, stop, please. <laughs> <laughs> I can't defend you anymore. Please stop. Yeah. I, I, at one point, it gets beyond being worth it. And that was and she she crossed that line, you know, fool me once. Shame on shame on you. Fool me twice. You, you can't get fooled again, as uh, as our President Bush would say. Yeah, I, I whatever, man. If if I'd be interested, <laughs> I'm I'm curious to see what the like how because for the amount of these people that talk shit about Hollywood, they're still the ones that are making the best content and the most money and making the most yeah. money. Like you, you could make your niche as big as you want, but it's like there's really like. Christian movies could as big as they are, they will always fall behind the other two big categories, which are I guess that's Hollywood. Wait, let me finish, which are Hollywood blockbuster movies and Tyler Perry movies. Okay. Then it's Christian movies. Your your main problem though is that it doesn't matter how much money you make. What do you mean? And I just blew your mind. (laughs) Well, no, I mean what are you you're making content really? Like the amount of money you make at the end of the day doesn't. That's a Disney capitalist thing. That's not a. But you need money to make thing. more. You need to at least make enough to make the next thing. You need enough of a following to be able to get enough money to make. I mean, I look at Kevin Smith as a perfect example, right? Like Kevin Smith is doing great. He probably could be doing much better if he decided to make different things. But he's making movies with. I mean, Adam Sandler, right? Making movies with his friends. And you could say Adam Sandler should have been so much better, right? What you saw at that um, Uncut Jewels movie or whatever, Uncut Gems movie, should have been where Adam Sandler kind of went as an actor, but he wants to make movies with his friends. So he makes enough money to make movies with his friends. So at the end of the day, that's kind of what... That's kind of what what I mean is the footprint. Like if your whole thing is the totalitarian... Think about what the actual thing they're saying is you want to... We the problem is with the totalitarian Hollywood, whatever bullshit they want to say that cancel culture thing, right? Yeah, that footprint is enormous. The only way to topple that is to actually take a sizable chunk out of that is to actually make enough money to grow your footprint to go up against that thing that you are up against, and you're never going to reach those levels because. You're not going to produce that content. The first movie they put out was a school shooting action movie. Are you in your fucking mind? <laughs> it's like, that's crazy. Now we're going to have a, and now your next tentpole is a Gina Carano directed, written, produced, acted movie. Like, hey, look, I hope it's great. You know, it, it goes back to the six days in Fallujah thing. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. If you put out this movie and it's awesome, I'll watch it. But my expectations are very low. <laughs> Let me put it that way. And that's that's what you're riding on. So you said, oh, my God, we had 300,000 people watching the live stream. Okay, so box office, if those 300,000 people went to go see it, opening day box office would have been about, what, $5 million? That's not terrible. No, that's not terrible. But, but, but that's also, but that's, that's your audience. I can't imagine. Exactly. You, but that's probably doing, it, right? So you're talking like 15 million earnings total for a yeah. for a movie that you're getting. I think that should be pretty happy nothing. if you get 15 million. What are you producing though? You got to pay for Thomas Jane. 
Is he cheap now? He can't be that cheap. Even then, you're still I mean, paying should, him probably. You should him a couple million enough. from the jump. Wouldn't pay him a couple million for nothing. Wow. What do you have against Thomas Jane? Not worth a couple a couple of million. I've got against Thomas Jane is what I've got. <laughs> a couple million isn't that cheap for an actor? It depends on what what they're acting. I would say no. I would say your average actor probably makes less than they probably make less than a hundred grand. Thomas Jane is a name. You're not paying that guy a hundred grand. I, that I guy, don't think you're, you're paying, paying him that guy over a couple million, million. either. I don't think you're paying him over a million either. I think he's your guy. I think he he's the he's the temple. Then the rest of it's a bunch of no names. And uh, for some reason, he's your you're, temple. Uh, God, Jesus. imagine if you've. How the hell do you become that school where you're shooting this movie? In? <laughs> I can't get over that that movie exists. <laughs> it's just yeah. nuts, and that that's how you launch your. Your movie plot. Oh my God. Wow. 25% Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. So some people like it. Some people like it. Maybe there's some, maybe it's a good movie. Maybe there's some heart in there. I'll never watch it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's my take on it though. I think that they'll, they'll probably be this niche. It'll probably, it might do Christian movie numbers if they could grow it enough, but you can't like a genre of movie is not like anti-cancel culture, politically incorrect movies is, I don't consider that a genre. Yeah. So I, I don't know how you build a brand off that without having this whole smattering of nonsense. Cause you're, you're literally going in being like, well, let's just do some edgy. We're unfiltered, man. It's like, okay, cool. Show me a good movie. That's it. Make a good movie, great. I'll give you the I'll give you the satisfaction of telling you that it's a good movie, and I know you need it. I know you need my personal approval. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'll and I'll give it to you. I have no problem giving it to you. So there you go. That's it. Gina Carano, Godspeed. Just for the love of God, get these these people just got to get the fuck off Twitter. Just get off get Twitter. Off social media. Stop get telling off. everyone your opinion. Your opinions yeah. suck. Stop telling them to everybody. Yeah, honestly, social media just post pictures of your breakfast that's it they just post pictures of food you know it's safer it's safer that way don't twi- type anything instagram shouldn't even have the ability like if it detects text in a picture it should just be like nope what kind of hateful shit are you putting here <laughs> you know i was thinking as we wrap this up i wonder if whether or not getting the cells from babies would be better food than cells from adults oh Right, this podcast. Because then, like you said, of all the nope. junk and stuff, it's like la- nope. it's nope. like uh, it's nope. like lamb chops, right? Like like baby sheep, mm-hmm. right? Nope. Veal, I mean, mm-hmm. veal, right? Like you, I'd be interested in tasting <laughs> baby cells. Go to he'sabroad.com. You can uh, you can subscribe, and uh, you should review us on iTunes. And all that stuff. And tell tell your friends. Tell your friends. Um yeah, I get nothing. This this podcast is over. <laughs>